Phil, the hot now now and talk to a man who's been, I'm sure, immersed in charts, graphs, replays, all kind of stuff. He's happy and he's sad. He's happy because he'll be able to stay home now for a few Saturdays and not have to go around in that terrible job of his in some SEC press box and he eat hot dogs with all the talent at CBS. Uh, he'll be home doing his show. It's Fox Sports with Miller, Miller, Moulton, or writing his column for the news press. Or when we can finally get a hold of him talking on our radio program, that would be our friend David Moulton. David, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, buddy, and to your listeners as well. How long should you say Happy New Year? Is there like a is there like a, a cutoff date? Is is it, is it is it is it good matters to say it up for the first week, uh, or is it just good for three days? What what do you think, David? I think uh, through the this work week. I think once we get to the weekend, yeah. you know, yeah, we're in NFL playoff yeah. games yeah. and all that. Okay. Okay. Because in theory, you know, if you see somebody for the first time on Thursday. You haven't seen them in the new year. You know, it's just, I, I think you got to do it till the end of the business day Friday. That's a good point. By the way, I think it's uh, going to be a happy new year for uh, Georgia and Alabama fans. We are going to have an SEC champion here, a uh, national champion again. Uh, for those people who uh, thought the SEC was done, uh, the death of the league may have been greatly exaggerated. Well, I think the league was top-heavy, though. I mean, you know, the middle of the league is not as good as it's been, say, four or five years ago. We've talked about it at length. Uh, but, you know, it was a top-heavy league, and clearly Alabama justified, you know, their their spot in the tournament, that's for sure. I had a lot of mixed emotions. I thought Ohio State deserved probably to be in that spot. But you know what? Alabama proved it belonged there. Uh, certainly took care of business. There's so many angles to the playoff game, particularly when it comes to Baker Mayfield, his throat slashing, uh, the play calling uh, by Oklahoma, uh, the, the, the the not going for the the, the first down, etc. Where do you come down on all of that? And and I know the final score obviously Georgia won, but Oklahoma was an awfully good team not to be playing for the national championship. Yeah, I, you know the play calling was strange. You know, it was very conservative, you know, going all the way back to with about 26 seconds left in regulation. You got third and a yard and a half. You got two timeouts left. I mean, to me, I thought it was pretty obvious. You run the ball there, get the first down, call timeout. Now you've got two or three plays with a timeout still in your pocket, and you need about 12 to 15 yards to attempt the field goal to go play for the national championship. I didn't know why they threw the ball there because it would have been a little too risky with Georgia's field goal kicker to go for it on fourth down there because then they're literally one 10-yard play away from being able to send him out for another 50-plus yarder. So I didn't understand that at the end of regulation. I have no idea why they basically took the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hands for not one, but two possessions in overtime. They had the inferior kicker. They have the inferior defense. I mean, the whole overtime system favored Georgia. have no idea why Lincoln Riley, you know, that was the time. First off, I thought he just started to try to trick them late in the game. It's if, you know, he had run through all his plays and gone, well, nothing will work. We just have to trick them. Uh, you know, Major Applewhite made the comment on one of those ESPN casts in which he said, you know, whatever plays he was running the first hour and a half, just flip them over and run them again. And I felt as if he got away from those plays 
I have no idea why they were so conservative in overtime. None. Having said that, you can't take it away from Nick Chubb and Sonny Michel. They've been consistent. They obviously are too good, as good of backs as you've ever seen in one backfield. Uh, their numbers prove that. They they made big plays in the game, and uh, in the end, although Fromm played really good for a freshman, uh, Sonny Michel and Nick Chubb were the difference, in my opinion. Uh, we'll oh, not, no doubt. We'll I mean, not they, see a average, tandem like that for 13 a 13 yards a carry. Yeah. I mean, 13 yards a carry. Think about that. Playing most of the game from behind. Yeah. That's the thing point. where if you're Oklahoma, you really got to go, man, if we can't stop a running game when we have the lead and that many points up on the board, then, you know, we need to rethink the players we're recruiting, the scheme, the coaching, everything. Because, I mean, come on, buddy. What was the one scenario that we thought Georgia could not handle? Falling behind. Would they stay patient and keep running the ball? Well, when you're getting 13 yards a chunk, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Oklahoma's run defense was laughable. And, you know, not to take away from Chubb and Michelle, they're special. Uh, Michelle, I think, also will be better at the next level. And how ironic, buddy. He hadn't fumbled in three yeah, years. Yeah, how about that? <clears throat> that was huge. That I hadn't was... fumbled in three years. And then mid-fourth quarter of a national semifinal, he yeah. fumbles, you know. Sports yeah. is something. It really is. Yeah, some kind of karma in there somewhere. Um, uh, let me ask you about <clears throat> about the uh, and Booger McFarland. I don't agree on too much. I don't think he's. Uh, I don't think he's exactly a Mensa. He does a good job. He has some you know, cogent thoughts occasionally. Uh, he talked about the fact that why do we have to talk about teams and conferences? Why can't we talk about teams as teams? You know, and do they have to be from a certain league? Is it like you know they're no good because they're from? From, uh, from from the SEC or Big Ten or whatever. And he, and he talks about getting over that. He calls it conference fatigue. Now, having said that, if you put University of Florida uniforms on UCF and in that game, that win over Auburn, people would be saying it's one of the biggest wins Florida ever had. What do you do with something like that? You can't take the 77th best schedule and make him a national champion but what a story UCF was, and does the conference thing get overrated? Well, you know, the conference thing goes all the way back, though, to really the 60s, you know, when there was a bias against the SEC because they didn't have any black players, and so even though one year Ole Miss goes undefeated, they don't give them a national championship. Alabama goes undefeated one year in 66, and they rank them third and split, you know, and they, they decide between Notre Dame and Michigan State who should get the title. So, you know, this conference thing goes back 50-plus years. And in a sport that's based on public opinion, you have to keep going back to certain standards, if you will. And an easy one to figure out is, well, is this conference any good or not? Because then you get to judge whether or not the 8-0 or 9-0 conference record means something. So I don't know how we're going to get away from that. I don't at all. And I don't know that we should. Well, as for UCF, buddy, you know, listen, if it was an 18 playoff, they obviously would have been in it. I don't think they would have been in it if it was a 16 playoff. Uh, I thought they were too low. I agree with Scott Frost about that. They caught a bad break when they lost the Georgia Tech game to a hurricane. 
Uh, also, this year's AAC was weaker than last year's, you know. But the one thing that's encouraging, buddy, is the last three games that UCF played, people watched. That day after Thanksgiving, that was a really well-rated game. The conference championship game was a well-rated game. The Peach Bowl was the highest-rated non-semifinal bowl game so far of bowl season. That bodes well for not just UCF, but for any group of five team coming forward. Some of the arguments against the UCFs of the world got chipped away here in the last month. People like Danny Cannell, that noted uh, SEC hater, uh, says, get ready for SEC overload. It'll be an exceptional marketing job to take your eyes off an awful year, losing your records in bowl games. Teams 4-14 were average to bad, and the best team didn't even get a chance at the title and lost to UCF. This is bad for college football. Fans are going to see through this farce we call playoffs and realize it's a rigged system designed to benefit the elite, says Danny Cannell. Your reaction? Well, I disagree with most of it, only because the system is set up to determine who the four elites are. I mean, it's not set up to determine who the elites are by conference. It just so happens in the last 10 to 12 years, the top end of the SEC has been consistently better than the rest of college football. That was not always the case. In fact, for, you know, since from Bear Bryant to Steve Spurrier, it wasn't the case. You know, and even during Steve's run, I mean, you know, Florida got their butt handed to him by Nebraska. They, you know, Steve won it once. You know, I mean, so, you know, I, I yes, Danny's an ACC guy, and it is marked by bashing on the SEC. And to some degree, they have been a little overrated here in some recent years from top to bottom, but not at the top of the conference, not at all. All right, David Moulton uh, joins the program. But, David, uh, let's talk about the upcoming national championship game. Obviously, Alabama injury is going to hurt Alabama, perhaps. Uh, big plays by big guys for the night game, by the way. I love the the call down the goal line, uh, the tackle eligible, whatever it was. But uh, Anthony Jennings being out, this is a costly, and I'm, we're presuming the spring knee will keep him out. Alabama's linebackers have been hurt. So in this 24-6 win, it was a costly win for them. How bad, how much will it affect Alabama against Georgia, and who do you favor in that game? Well, can Alabama beat Georgia if Jalen Hurts plays the way he has his last two games? I know they won easily yesterday, but they didn't win easily because of Jalen Hurts. He did not play well. Their passing game is not very good right now. And I don't know if Alabama can line it up. I'll say this, Oklahoma ran the ball far more effectively against Georgia than I thought they were going to. But I don't know if Alabama can win the game against Georgia basically the way they won it against LSU in 2011, which is for the most part just running the football. get something out of Hurts and Ridley in that passing game, and he has not been very good the last two times he has played. Fromm is right now playing better 
then the quarterback is 25 and two. And Georgia's passing game actually concerns me more than Alabama's. Hardy, do you think Alabama can win the game if it's just a battle of running games? No, no. But I like I like Alabama's defense a lot. I think I don't think they can hold water against those two running backs. You're right. Final question for David Moulton. David, you you follow Florida football a good bit. Dan, um, Danny has. Uh, uh, has, has done a great job, I think, Mullins of, of recruiting, turning a recruiting year around. A lot of enthusiasm right now. They're talking about flipping a couple of guys, possibly an Alabama linebacker. Where, where do you sit right now on what's happening with Mullen, the Gator program, the recruiting, and how things are shaping up at this point as we speak? I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Their recruiting is better. They have a lot of holes, though. We, we've talked about it. You know, the defense – of 2015 and 16 covered up an awful lot of recruiting deficiencies. This is not a roster that is nearly talented enough. To give you an idea of what Florida is up against, Kirby's first two years of recruiting, 74% of his recruits are four- or five-star players. 74%. To compare that, Alabama's last four years of recruiting, they're at 80%. Kirby's level of recruiting right now is second or third highest in the country. That's what the Gators are having to catch up against. And while Dan's doing a really good job, he's not Kirby's smart level of recruiting his first year at Florida. You know, I hope Gator fans realize, I think the world of Dan, he got a quarterback, that's going to make them competitive. They're always going to get their hands on talent. But they are playing from behind in the SEC East right now. If, if recruiting was a game, buddy, I would say right now the score is Georgia 28, Florida 7. And Dan's got to catch up a touchdown every year, I think. And maybe 2019 he's close enough. But I really think Dan's not going to be even with Georgia until 2020. And they got a big lead out of the box playing for a national championship while Florida sits at home during the bowl season. You're right. Good stuff as always. Happy New Year again to you, David Moulton. We'll talk to you again later on in the new year. Right back at you, buddy. All right.